Hello and welcome to Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions, where we talk about scientific misconceptions we all have, and we hope that you learn something new about the world. I'm here with my co-host, Camden Fancy Feast Hanslick Burton. And joining me is my co-host, Margaret Little Thinker Hanslick Burton. Welcome, welcome to, to the, the show. show. segment every week is where we share something that we are excited about. Camden, because you're taller, you can go first this week. What are you excited yes, about? finally, my height comes into play. Margaret, we are turning 50. Both of us? We are turning 50, yes. I think you mean that we are, this podcast is turning 50. I think I mean that, yes. I think you do. 50 is the diamond anniversary, the diamond jubilee. I should have looked this up. I don't know. Anyway, well, it's a big deal. It's a big deal, Margaret. We are 50 episodes into America's favorite science podcast <laughs> about misconceptions. Yeah, I'm very, very excited. 50 is a big is a big uh, milestone. Um, I'm glad to have done all 50 with you. I'm glad to have had you on this podcast as my co-host for 50 episodes. Although, is that true? Because I think there were a couple of episodes. For where... 50 okay. episodes. Um, I am also very excited about the podcast turning 50 episodes, but I'm also very excited because we are recording in a brand new place. We have a house now. We, I think as we mentioned last time, moved across the country during a pandemic. Wouldn't recommend it. Um, but thanks to our friends and family for making that possible. And we have a house. We got a house here in Kansas City. So we are recording in the office now. Things are still, we're still unpacking, um, but we are, we're getting there. I'm really excited to, to have a house. And I'm excited to have a recording studio. The, the office. It's, it's, yes. just, it's just the office. That sounds fancier if you call it the recording <laughs> studio. Um, well, let's get to our... New segment. I think we can maybe drop the new. Our segment. Our segment called, What is That Sound? Where we keep with the spirit of the show, meaning that one of us researches something that the other one doesn't know about, except in this segment, it's a sound that I don't know this time, and Camden's going to play for me. I'm going to have to guess what I think it is. Camden, are you ready? Yes, and I want to give a special shout out. This one comes from an avid listener, Luke who also happens to avidly be my nephew. <laughs> um, and because he is too small to use email, um, my sister helped send over Luke's request. So Margaret, this one is coming at you from one of our younger listeners. Okay. I, I'm trying to take what I know about Luke and like what might enter his, his world. So how, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use those clues. I'm ready. Yep. It's, it's, it's segments from his favorite NPR show. Here we go. <laughs> Holy moly. Oh, it sounds like that little desert 
toad that gets all, do you know what I'm talking about? It gets all ballooned up and it makes a little squeaky sound. But if that was connected to dial up. Why the dial up? Because there's like, there, there was a little part where it just sounded like dial up. Um, do I get any hints at all? Um, I don't it, have to. It's not dial up. Does that help? No. Uh, I can play. Do you want it again? Yeah. Let me, let me hear it again. Um, this time really listen in for the dial up tones. Okay. Yes. Did you did there, you hear the dial up in that last one? There are people talking. Is that I the know. dial up? No. Oh, okay. okay. Um I feel like it is a small mammal maybe. Mm. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go I'm going to go sorry. I'm going to put the 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 um same timer. timer on okay, for you. Okay. I'm gonna go with it is a it's a it's a it's a, actually a bird that is defending its nest. I'm gonna go with a very, very small bird defending its nest. I thought we had our very first nailed it on what is that sound? Margaret, really? it is the Paraguay horned frog. It is that little frog that it, you are thinking it of. Is Dang it. I should have gone with that guess. Dang it. Always expect exactly what you expect with a, with <laughs> a little nephew. Um, yep. Oh, Luke, that was great. Luke uh, brought this to you from his book from National Geographic, mm-hmm. and they looked up sounds of it on YouTube, and I got that <laughs> one sent directly over to me. So thanks, Luke. Thanks, Robin. Um, yeah, the Paraguay Horned Frog. It was very not wanting people around it. If you go on YouTube and look this up, is it is it a little that little frog that does mm-hmm. like get? He's all big and he mm-hmm. just is trying his hardest to tell you to go away. To be fearsome. Yes. Oh my goodness! Not to anthropomorphize. Wow, great job, Luke. I should just. I'm I'm learning now. I should just go with my instincts. Well, normally this is the section of the show where we present scientific misconceptions for you. But because this podcast is turning 50 episodes old, we're going to do a little something different for our 50th episode. We're going to talk a little bit about the history of the podcast and discuss why we started it in the first place. Uh, Kim, do you remember how we came up with the idea for this podcast? I was thinking about it today, and I don't know if I, I do. I have a vague memory of us being on a walk. Yeah, I... I honestly don't know. I really should have recorded this for perpetuity. Um, I guess we sort of are right now. But I don't remember what initially spurred us into thinking that. I think it's probably just because you and I often tell each other. Like Mm -hmm. this started from a place of, hey, did you know that um, jelly, like you shouldn't pee on your leg or Mm -hmm. that plants actually do use oxygen and Mm -hmm. Somehow we got into the idea that other people should hear that too. I I think it was your idea initially because you because I had already I already had a podcast um, mm-hmm. called From Ooh to O, and I think you thought of the misconceptions idea, and I really didn't think we'd get past like 
two episodes, but here we are. It's a, I really enjoy it. Um, it's, I love homework and this, <laughs> this <laughs> is an opportunity to do some homework. Um, and we also recorded the first episode in a very different environment than the one we're in right now. I remember distinctly, um, kneeling on the floor in our room in Seattle because it was a carpeted room and we had not the best mics. And so we were trying to dampen the sound a bit. Yep. Which, yeah, yeah. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. We, we should be back on a bed right now. Yeah. The, the room we're recording in now is our office and it's pretty bare since we just moved in and we need to get a rug. We were talking about this before we started recording because it's a little echoey right now, but do you remember we also were going to do a signature cocktail? I do. Didn't we have a Tom Collins? I think we did, or an old-fashioned. I can't remember. Why did we not do that? Why did we not do it? Mm-hmm. Because the idea of every two weeks, both doing homework and having to think of a new cocktail yeah. and get the ingredients for sounded like a lot. Yeah. It, it still sounds like a lot. Sometimes we have a cocktail as we record, but That's it's, unrelated. Not, it's not official. Yeah. Uh, I was also remembering how we started out playing different theme music. Like sometimes we would ask our guests to pick a, a song that was, um, not copywritten anymore. It was in public domain. And it turns out there aren't many of those because for it to have been in public domain, it needed to exist before a time good audio was Mm -hmm. available. Mm -hmm. And then for a while I like would play a song either on violin or guitar or something. And then similar to the cocktail, although this one lasted longer, there became a point where I'm like, so oh, much. I don't want to think of it. Where do I find another I, yeah. public domain song? Ugh. But then finally, we uh, used Fiverr and got Camillo to compose our theme song, and that makes it a lot easier for us. Um, yeah, I think a lot of the show has evolved because something I appreciate about it is that, and for anyone who ever wants to do something like this or has an idea of of any nature is just try it out. Don't be afraid of something failing or you losing interest. Just try it out. Or changing. Yeah. Um, We, I think started this and I think we just said like, you know, let's just do it until we don't want Mm -hmm. to do it anymore. And here we are. 50 episodes. Well, kind of along those lines, Camden, how do we prepare for for our misconceptions and for recording them? Well, I can speak to myself and sort of the project as a whole. We have a Google Doc that has the outline of every show. And then you and I kind of go to our corners, wherever that is. And Mm -hmm. we usually take, on a good day, 30 minutes on, Mm, and by good day, I mean on a quick day, 30 (laughs) minutes on a day when we're really getting into it. And listeners, there's so many rabbit holes that we go down, which is really fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we've each taken at least several hours to do some misconceptions. Yeah, it it really depends on um, the misconception. And like, I'm passionate about all of the misconceptions I cover, mm-hmm. but some are really, really um, interesting or maybe more personal than others. And those, I think, are the ones that take a long time. Yeah. And how, how do you get your ideas, Kim, and for your misconceptions? <laughs> well, the funny thing about this podcast is that since we started it by telling each other misconceptions um, and just like 
both being kind of science nerds and wanting the other person to learn something too that we learned today. Mm-hmm. Now we both will like be out somewhere <laughs> and well out, out someone will say, someone will yeah. say like, can you, uh, I don't, like, how do you hotwire a car? And one of us will just go, no, 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 I'm writing it down. No, I'm no, writing it down. No, 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 um, so what it really means is Mark and I don't tell each other any misconceptions anymore for like two weeks at a time until we're here. Yeah. Until we record. So yeah. Someone will say like, you know, a family member will say, oh, you know, an elephant never forgets. And Cam and I will just look at each other and be like, no, it's mine. No, it's mine. It's mine. I'm writing it down. It's mine. Uh, <laughs> so why? Do you, Camden, think it's important to address scientific misconceptions? Oof, this is... I have an answer. It's a big question, and it's an important... It, you know, yeah. Um, I, I think I have two prongs. One is... Oh, bipronged. It's a, bi- a bi- biprongal answer. A biprongal answer, mm-hmm. yes. Um, I think the first is maybe not the why is it important, but like why is this... Why does this show come to be and why do we talk about misconceptions the way we do? Mm-hmm. I think one thing is like we all have misconceptions. It's okay to not know things. I not know things all the time. <laughs> I not know things. I not know things a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, often there are very logical reasons why I not know things mm-hmm. or think I know a thing and it turns out I don't. Um, yeah. I think a lot of us are there and I think that's the key part to a misconception is that you acknowledge it. It is okay to be wrong. Yeah. You'll n- learn the more you acknowledge when you're wrong, the easier it becomes to say you are wrong and the easier it is for you to learn um, and thinking about how you've been wrong and when you are wrong helps you learn when you are wrong in the future. Mm-hmm. I find that this podcast has helped me really think more, even as a 30-year-old person, about what I don't know and really I feel like I'm getting better at recognizing when I don't know something and when I want to go find out something more which is to me very cool I love that approach to that question because I went in a totally different direction of why it's important but yours is definitely true as well not knowing something is part of the human experience um I I was thinking about it's important because you know, admittedly, there are some misconceptions that don't have grave consequences if you hold them, like mm-hmm. thinking that polar bears and penguins live together is probably not going to come up in your everyday life. Or but, cause damage if you think the wrong or thing. Or cause damage if you think the wrong thing. Um, but some misconceptions do have broader implications that can be harmful in, in one way or another. For example, um, you did the misconception that MSG is bad for us is worse for us than any other additives and those that misconception has racist origins Mm -hmm. um or some misconceptions are perpetuated in an effort to separate us from our money like the misconception that we need to detox and cleanse our body in those ways when really our bodies are pretty good at doing that for the most part so i think understanding how to spot and address a misconception speaks to the importance of scientific literacy. Mm -hmm. And I found this really good definition because scientific 
literacy is a, is a broad thing, but I really like this definition that the National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine have. Um, this is a quote from them. It says, scientific literacy includes understanding the nature of science, the scientific enterprise, and the role of science in society and personal life. Because we, we know that science isn't just for labs. Scientists are not just people in white coats. Anyone who wonders something and wants to explore that further is a scientist. And we encounter science in every single avenue of our lives. So basically, I think it's really important for us to flex our critical thinking muscles and evaluate whether what we've always heard or always believed has scientific merit, you know, what evidence supports that claim. I really appreciate it. I also bolded the word science literacy um, when I was thinking about this question. And um, something I appreciate you saying is it isn't reserved for the elite. There are not just people who are allowed to do science. Mm-hmm. Everyone's um, allowed to do science. And I think there's multi, it's a multifaceted I thought of what is a scientist? Who is a scientist? Mm-hmm. Sure, there are, there are professional scientists. Right. We should be careful when people claim to be scientists and are actually not bringing us scientific truths. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, scientific thinking, thinking like a scientist is for everybody. Exactly. Um, and so I, I know that's a big reason why I teach science and do this podcast is that I want people to see that um, being able to do science is for everyone, and it is very important, like you said, because it has real implications um, to do a lot of things. Yeah. Well, along those lines, too, Kim, and what, what should I do if I'm not sure, or what do you do if you're not sure whether something is a scientific misconception or not? What resources do you utilize? It's funny. Sometimes when someone asks me that, I stop, because as a science teacher, I think, I should have this answer very, like, readily. <laughs> Down pat. And it's funny, this also happens to me all the time, but also every two weeks for this show, I am <laughs> yeah. often confronted with, is this true? Mm-hmm. Um, how do I know this thing is true? And so the, the resources I often go to, uh, I used to teach my students the crap test. Yes. Um, the crap test was, we jokingly, it was to tell if something was crap. Um, but it was to know if um, something was current. So if it was... That's the C. Yep. Um, if it was relevant to the topic, if you're researching, you know, like detox diets and someone is just telling you about how you should take this, like, you know, uh, eat this other food that's going to help you lose weight. Well, that's mm-hmm. not really about the issue you were discussing and. Mm-hmm. Um, the authority, and I think authority to me, if I were to rename this, would be the crap test. In that, <laughs> how do you spell that? A lot of A's. Uh, <laughs> it's just or just a big A. Okay. Um, authority to me, I think it often comes down to that. Um, who is telling you this? What is this organization? And it kind of goes with the P. What purpose is it for? Yeah. What does that, like you said earlier, what does that? organization or person aim to gain from telling you this thing? I, I think that's a really, really good point, that authority. Even if somebody is an authority in one thing, it doesn't mean they're an authority mm-hmm. in everything. Mm-hmm. For example, 
Dr. Oz. He is a doctor, but he does not know about all of the things that he claims to. But he hopes that that doctor title will lend credence to him selling these products that involve health in some kind of way. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, I think we see all the time, um, you know, there are politicians and there are people who will sometimes be an expert in one thing and need to look to other experts to make informed decisions. But that could be, it can be a step too far when they themselves claim to think they know the answer to something and they don't have, they're not the expert in that thing. What's the P in the crab test? Uh, purpose. Oh, okay. What is the purpose oh, of sorry. someone telling you this? Yes, yep. exactly. And it's if it's to make money, maybe uh, take a second look at that one. Yeah, if they're selling you something, you stop right away. Um, it reminds me of that Princess Bride quote where he says, Life is pain, Highness. Anyone who tells you differently is selling something. I love that. It's maybe a little bit dark, but it, it speaks to like how you should evaluate something that sounds you know suspicious what are they trying what are they trying to do are they trying to sell you something maybe maybe look into that further and then like the same you were saying with like resources like i think we have our go-to resources for this show um npr scientific american scientific american um wikipedia wikipedia is a great one because it's crowdsourced we've talked Mm -hmm. about that before and why that actually makes it a stronger more reliable source Mm -hmm. um often my students would You'll be told, oh, if it's a .gov or a .edu, it's reliable, which is generally true. Those are usually more safeguarded. But, um, you know, again, looking at the authority, the purpose of what, that, um, what you're reading is, like why are they telling you this information is still really important. So of all of the scientific misconceptions that you've covered, Camden, which one would you say is your favorite if you had to choose? Um. I sort of have two, so I'll say them quick. I think the first, Mm -hmm. because like you were saying, the ones you get really passionate about are the ones that you take forever on. Mm -hmm. I find the ones I take forever on are the ones that I learned so much more than I thought I was about to learn. I love rabbit holes. Um, I know you do. And that's just like super interesting to me. And so like when I looked at the question, can you suck the venom out of your like arm or leg or, or should, something should or you. should you mm-hmm. um well it wasn't should like just like can oh, you, can and you? you really i guess that's kind of can't sorry. but <laughs> and you shouldn't either and you shouldn't um but it also led to anti-venom and learning about how anti-venom works and how venom works in your blood and why why does venom do what it does to you and mm-hmm. um i just thought that was super and there was like the societal impact of how the places that have access to anti-venom are not the places that really need it. Mm-hmm. The places where people die the most from snake bites are the places that need anti-venom and generally tend to be more impoverished countries. And mm-hmm. um, So I found that super interesting. And then I think recently, um, the one about vaccines and how they work, um, just because we have a new COVID vaccine. We have several. And Yay. recently I've been getting family questions about how does a vaccine work again? And so I've enjoyed pulling out the well. <laughs> It's like a wanted poster analogy and <laughs> yeah. throwing that at people again. Yeah, I, I also found it hard to choose between uh, mine as well. But my top three, I think, that stick out are, um, are sharks man-eating. Mm-hmm. I get that question a lot. In fact, oh, did I talk about this last? No, I didn't. 
I have the shirt that Cameron gave me that says, ask me about sharks. And it has a shark wearing sunglasses on it. And my favorite thing is when someone actually does. And so I was in Jimmy John's the other day and this man who was six feet away said, okay, well, what's, what's something that you wish everyone could learn about sharks, which, oh, made my whole day. (laughs) And I said, well, it's that, you know, sharks have a bad reputation and, um, most shark attacks are a case of mistaken identity. So I feel really passionate about that one. Also the one I did recently, which was, is the body mass index, a good measure of health Mm. and whether or not embalming preserves a body forever. I think those are my top three today. I like those two because I think you and I, it's probably well known that generally when you and I present something, <laughs> I would say more than half the time we know the real answer. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are times like the BMI index or I guess body mass index um, where I didn't know an answer. Mm-hmm. Like I, and so those are always really interesting too because, yeah. And we often don't know the full extent or the reasons Oh, yeah. We rarely things. know the full thing. We yeah. just kind of know the like yes or no answer to most of these. Exactly. Uh, so can you give me a hint, Camden, about a scientific misconception that you are going to do in the future? Well, I want to give a hint to two because I think one thing I've appreciated about this show is you and I have started to uh, sort of break from just generic science misconceptions that mm-hmm. are like, oh, you should know this, but it doesn't hurt anyone to... Here are ones that really affect the world and society. Mm-hmm. Um, so a science one that I'm interested in is why the sky is blue. Mm. And is it because of the ocean? Um, but a societal one is, does prison prevent crime? Oh. Um, and there's a lot of science behind why we think that is true and why it isn't. Why so. it isn't true. Why it isn't true. Uh, do you want a hint about? Yes. I would actually love a hint from some of yours. Well, you didn't really give me a hint. You just told me. Should I just tell oh, you? you want hints? No, oh. no, no. I can, I can just tell you. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to probably do this one next because it, it is a rabbit hole one for sure. But I hear all the time that sharks need to keep moving to survive. And that's not true. If you've ever seen a nurse shark. Oh, don't give it away. I can't, I can't stop. If you've ever seen <laughs> a nurse shark before they they chill they hang out on the sea floor they're not moving all the time they're they're taking it easy how do they do that you'll find out soon well i want to move on quickly to listener emails and by that i mean listener email we received one from valerie we really appreciate it i'm going to read a bit of it not the whole thing because valerie very kindly provided me with two What's that sound ideas? Actually, three. Oh, wow. So don't, don't look at this one, Kevin, because I want them all. Uh, <laughs> Selfish. So she says, hi, Margaret and Camden. I was listening to the latest Don't Pee on Your Leg episode, and Brooke, hi, Brooke, was talking about how cats don't understand when we point. And I remembered a piece of research that showed that cats that spend a lot of time with their owner playing would learn pointing behavior based on the feature in Science on Behavioral Research on Cats. Oh, cool. Which is Ready to Pounce by David Grimm. So, okay, it's mostly true that cats don't understand their humans and vice versa, but they can sometimes learn and vice versa. That's so, really cool. Yeah. And it shows you how intelligent cats are. <laughs> Very, yes. Yeah. Um, anytime that we need a, a cat misconception, we call on Brooke, but, but Valerie, we really appreciate that email. 
And if you, dear listener, want to submit comments or suggestions to us, or just want to say hi, you can email don'tpeeonyourleg at gmail.com. Margaret, before we go to our last segment, I did, in celebration of 50, want to present a little bit of a quiz to you. Yes. Okay. Um, And so just as a celebration, you can play along, dear listener, and see how you do against (laughs) the resident expert of this podcast, which is Margaret. Oh, boy. Um, Well, equal to you. Sure. Okay. Uh, But I would win. Oh. Because okay. I wrote the, you wrote the quiz. quiz. Sure, sure. Um, so we have seven questions here for you. And if you're playing along at home, you can write on a notepad, compare with friends, and the winner <laughs> can be upon agreed upon uh, prize. Yep. Margaret, your prize is just knowing a thing about a show you do. Okay. Margaret, how old in years and weeks is this podcast? Years and weeks, not years and months and weeks? Nope. Years and weeks. So that is oh, a so hint. It, okay. I'm going to say it is 1 1 no. 1 year? And just one, 1 year and 8 weeks old. It is 2 years and 3 weeks old. <laughs> Episode 1 aired on November 23rd, 2018. 2 years? Yes. Wow. Wow. Um in that span, how many guests have appeared? How many uh guest appearances have we had? So it could be the same person more than once. I'm going to say 11? 21. Oh my gosh. Uh, with, I'm really, I'm really uh, underestimating things today. With guests and minisodes included, how many misconceptions have we covered? Does this include mini misconceptions? Yes. So that one would, like a mini, mini episode would have five in it. Yeah, 50. We have 50 episodes, then there are Good, good job. That's a good misconceptions. start. I mean, it's a minisodes and then guests did, or mini, mini um, misconceptions, and then guests were there. You said 21 guests? Yes. You're not going to remind but me. But sometimes okay. people... Um, shared. But sometimes mm-hmm. people shared. Mm, uh, I'm going to say 118. Oh, 120. Are you serious? Yeah, good. Okay, good, I feel good, good about that. Good use of math. Uh, Thank you. All right, we'll kind of finish this up with some more just odd ones. Margaret, how many times have you featured the Great <laughs> British Bake Hop? <laughs> In a, what are you consuming? Because it's not one. Uh, three? Three. Yes. Not enough, in my opinion. Uh, Margaret. Oh, we need to watch the Christmas. Okay. Yep. Go ahead. <laughs> what is the <laughs> second misconception you ever did? We all know the first. Don't paint into a jellyfish. Um, mm, was it the sharks are man-eaters? It was that turtles and tortoises are, are not different. the same thing. Um, the wow. sharks one was episode six. Okay. All right. So that's close. Um, Margaret, how many times has there been a misconception about cats? <laughs> Every time Brooke is on. Uh, four. Three. Uh, okay. I actually did one of them, but Brooke has done two of them. <laughs> and lastly, your favorite animal that's not in the water, a dog. 
How many episodes, how many misconceptions have featured misconceptions about dogs? How many, yeah. Um, how many misconceptions? Have been about dogs, yes. Five? Four. Oh, that. There needs to be more. There will be more. There will be dear more. Dear listener. And Dearest that listener. is the end of your quiz. Margaret, you got uh, like one, one right. correct. Good job. Oh, okay. Um, I love that quiz came in. Very nice job. I really did not, I tried not to cheat um, because we share the spreadsheet yeah, the of, list. of all of our misconceptions and the guests and things. Uh, so clearly I did not cheat or I would have done better. But thank you for putting that together. You're I welcome. loved it. So before we end each episode, we have a short segment that Kim was referencing where I usually share Great British Bake Off news, but we share something interesting that we've read or listened to, watched, or otherwise consumed recently. I will start, and I don't think I've mentioned this before, but I have been consuming, I think it's pronounced Mooncat's YouTube channel, M-U with an umlaut, N-E, cat is her channel. She creates these incredible, really well-researched, multi-part kind of expose-like videos about things that you've probably heard of before, but you don't know the full story of, at least I didn't, especially MLMs, multi-level marketing uh, companies like LuLaRoe. She has, I think, a three-part series on, Arbonne. Um, she really gets to the, the heart of why these MLMs are a problem. But you should go and just do a deep dive. If you love rabbit holes like me and Camden do, you will love Mooncat, M-U-N-E-C-A-T. You've, have you watched some with me, Camden? Uh, yeah, you've showed me one about uh, Lula Rose. Yeah, really, really interesting. That's what I've been consuming this week. Camden, what about you? Um, so I tried to find the other day um we were talking about amazon and the amount of money that jeff bezos possesses Ugh. um and there's a scroller um website oh, yes. i've showed you that before yep. it's um the how wealthy is jeff bezos and wealth shown to scale and so it slides and shows you wealth shown to scale um this is done by um there's a software engineer matt Korostoff. Um, who's a software engineer in the United States, and he made it. He made another one um, that I discovered recently, and I, I want to go back through it, but I went through mm-hmm. it last night. Um, it is the actual number of Americans jailed or imprisoned mm. in real numbers. And mm. so you scroll. Margaret, you can sort of see on my screen over here. Yeah, it's just a picture of a bunch of different people there are 2.3 million people currently incarcerated in the United States, mm. and you just oh scroll. Oh, my gosh. There's a counter that goes as you scroll. And as you scroll and keep scrolling, facts pop up and tell you, for example, the first fact is that the United States holds more people in jails and prisons than any country by far, both in absolute numbers and as a percentage of the mm. population. And as you scroll, you learn more and more and more and more and more. Yeah, Kevin's been scrolling for a long time and he's not even. Oh, I'm a scrolling as fast as there. I can and I am at 109,000 of 2.3 million. If you look at the scroll bar, it is tiny. 
Um, you learn a lot. It's a very interesting way to engage with statistics. Mm-hmm. He has other ones um, called 200,000 Faces of COVID-19 mm. um, in 8 minutes and 46 seconds, which is how long the police officer held his knee on the neck of George Floyd before killing him. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a really interesting way to think really interesting about visual representation. visual representation of numbers that are super important. Um, and so that one's called incarceration, real numbers. The other one is wealth shown to scale. Um, and others by Matt Corista. Just a quick plug of please don't buy from Amazon. Please, please, if you can, and I know, I know some people, you know, for one reason or another may need to shop at yeah. Amazon, but if you can, please don't, don't enrich Jeff Bezos any more yeah. than he needs to be, um, especially with working conditions like they are with Amazon. Shop small if you're able to, um, especially as the holidays are coming up. Yes. Um, and before we close, Margaret, we have an so exciting excited. announcement. Uh, you should keep your ears out, dear listener, for an exciting new show in the works. Gotta classify them all. A Pokemon-centered show where your favorite host, Margaret Camden, <laughs> breaks down us. Pokemon and the science behind them. Um, so, like, how is Pikachu inspired? Are there real animals that have electric powers? Yes. Um, Jigglypuff can float and put other animals to sleep. Can what? real animals put animals to sleep? Sometimes. Can animals blow fire like Charizard? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. We will find out how the natural world intersects with those little pocket monsters and just have a lot of fun talking about Pokemon and science on our new show, Gotta Classify Them All. That will be introduced um, here in the next little bit. I am very excited to learn more about Pokemon because I really don't know anything about it. I will admit that in school, people would play Pokemon, and I was like, oh, that's so nerdy. In the same breath, being like, you know, Rogers and Hammerstein has really got a lot of bops. You guys heard about <laughs> it? Amazing stuff. So we all have our thing. Uh, but I'm really excited to learn. You said there's 150 originals? Originals. Originals. Yeah. And we, for those who are wondering, we are going to stick at least at first to the originals for thinking about... In- Engaging in a new podcast with 150 episodes is already enough. I do not need to think about the extended Pokemon universe right now. We'll talk about this on the show, but Camden is a Pokemon champion. Don't give it all away. Okay. He's a champion. Well, with that, we really appreciate you listening today. As always, if you liked this episode or any of our others, please rate us and leave us a quick review wherever you're listening to this show. Written reviews help new listeners decide if they want to give us a try. So help us out. Help new listeners out by leaving a quick positive review. You can find more content from us on our social media pages on Instagram at Don't Pee on Your Leg. Twitter at Don't Pee, just the letter P, on your leg. And Facebook at Facebook.com slash Don't Pee on Your Leg. Don't Pee on Your Leg and Other Scientific Misconceptions is a podcast produced by Two Birds, One Scone articles, blog posts, and more about what you can do every day to conserve our environment can be found at twobirdsonescone.org. Our original theme music is by Camillo. If you have scientific misconceptions that you'd like explained or you want to provide feedback to us, please shoot us an email at don'tpeeonyourleg at gmail.com. 
Have, Have a, a great, great week. week. I'm going to look up and see what the um, anniversary of what the 50th anniversary is. I'm going to go with Diamond Jubilee. Let's see. 50th anniversary gift no that's i i already typed it i know i was just adding sound effects um it looks like it's the golden anniversary Mm. what's the diamond jubilee then is that just for queens i i think so i have a anniversary i have a computer too i guess i could look this up your gifts found it found it found it found it found it oh got it got it got it got it got it got it hallmark of course has it hold on 50th is, yeah, gold. Gold. So. Oh, so jubilees are for the anniversaries of significant people, <laughs> like accession to the throne or a wedding. Uh, the diamond jubilee is the 60th. Now, the 50th wedding anniversary gift ideas on Hallmark.com has ideas for spouses and for another couple, but they don't have any ideas for podcasts um so... i could buy you a golden microphone no thanks okay i'm good oh um, it, the golden jubilee is the 50th can i have a ferrero rocher sure that's what i want and i want gold um flakes on what uh, corn flakes. you want golden corn flakes yeah. got it done and done um so there you go <laughs> okay bye bye have you guys been listening this whole time